welcome to day 30 of 31 Days of Terror and I have three spooky stories for you today and story number one comes from Haley. Before I move to what's been happening around the house, I'd like to note that in my life I've had what I think are sleep paralysis episodes. The first one, I was in elementary school. I had fallen asleep at the foot of my bed with the lights on. At the foot of my bed against the wall I had a desk with built-in CD holders. The one you push to click in the CD and push again to click it out. When I was asleep I didn't know it. I was laying on my back and I heard one CD fall out of the holder and then another and another. Then I heard multiple CDs popping out at once all falling to the ground. I was pinned down and couldn't move anything except my eyes. Then my body was vibrating, or the whole room was. I had no idea I was dreaming, so it scared the shit out of me. I woke up, but it was like my eyes had been open the entire time. Every fold and crinkle in my comforter was exactly how it was when I was having the episode. Every single detail was the same. I shook it off and didn't have another one until years after I'd graduated high school. I was sleeping on our couch in the middle of the night on my side, which I faced the entire living room. It wasn't completely dark because the kitchen light poured into the room. In the far corner, my mom had an accent chair that no one sat in ever, because it was just for decoration and highly uncomfortable. I noticed a black figure sitting cross-legged in the chair, with its hands in its lap staring at me. Again, I didn't know I was dreaming. I simply moved my eyes because I was too scared to move my body. When I had the courage to look again within about a minute or so, I saw a second figure sitting on the fireplace on the right-hand wall, cross-legged, hands in its lap staring at me, along with the first one in the corner of the room in the chair. Sweating bullets, too afraid to move, I looked to the ceiling probably for a good 15-20 minutes. When I decided enough time had passed... I looked and there the two figures were, both sitting directly in front of me on the floor. I shut my eyes and opened and they were gone. I didn't move yet, scanning the room with my eyes first. What freaked me out the most is that I honestly didn't know if I had dreamt it or not. Absolutely everything, down to the lighting coming in from the kitchen, dog toys on the floor, cups filled with water on the coffee table, was exactly how it was when I had the dream. My third one was in the same house, probably six months after that. I was napping in the middle of the day. The room was completely lit from my window. I was asleep, and I opened my eyes to a black figure with long black hair and no face standing right next to me kind of levitating. I froze and felt a weight being pressed on my chest, and I realized that I couldn't move. I was panicking and staring into the faceless thing when she leaned so close to my face and I felt hands around my throat stopping my airways. She started to vibrate, and the more she squeezed, the more she furiously vibrated along with me. I woke up, and every single detail, to the papers on my dresser, and folds, wrinkles and shadows of my blanket on me were exactly the same, as if my eyes were open the entire time. I immediately got up, trying to breathe, and walked into our kitchen when my mom turned and looked at me and said, Are you okay? Haley? you're so pale, you look like you've seen a ghost. 
I've always believed in spirits, ghosts, the paranormal, whatever you want to refer to it as. My husband is a sceptic. To sum it up, my idea of watching something scary is a haunting in Connecticut, and his is more like The Strangers, where the attacker is human, not a ghost. Also, I would say, in a fight-or-flight sense, I'm definitely a fight. And he's more of a, I wouldn't say flight, but the freeze-hesitant type. We moved into a two-bedroom duplex in the summer of this year. It's actually a quadplex, so we have neighbours on either side of us. I'm an artist, so our second bedroom is my studio and office. About two months ago in September, we were sleeping when a loud noise woke me up and I swear at the same time our bedroom door opened. I woke Zach to check and see if someone was in the house. I know that I said that I'm more of a fight, but I figured he, being six foot and 230 pounds, would be better at fighting off an intruder than me, a four foot nine woman who's 110 pounds soaking wet. He hesitantly checked the house and said there was no one there and wrote it off to the AC kicking on property. A couple of weeks later, I was working on a mural for a dealership. The mural was 24 by 12 feet and was constructed out of nine pieces of birch wood. It was more convenient to have the boards at home to work on around the clock, so I worked on them in my studio piece by piece until it was time to have them put up as a wall at the dealership. I had a chunky, heavy scaffold that was about five foot tall or so in my studio that had been in the same spot untouched for at least five days. One day, I walked out of the room and I heard a loud noise. When I walked in to see what was happening, the scaffolding fell over and I have absolutely no idea how it happened. I just picked it up and put it back where it was even though it took me a good 10 minutes to do so because it was so big and heavy. When I had the boards for about two weeks, I'd drag them out where I needed in order to paint. The ones I wouldn't be working on would be stacked up leaning against the wall. One evening, I was listening to a podcast playing out loud when I heard tapping on the wooden boards behind me. I paused my phone and turned around to see if my dog was in there making noise, and he wasn't. So I played my phone again and continued painting for another 10 minutes or so until I heard it again. I paused my podcast and waited and nothing. This happened two more times after that. I wasn't scared or spooked, but literally just accepted that something was tapping on my boards. After I quit hearing it, I went to the living room and told Zach, but he shrugged it off and told me I was probably hearing the neighbours. But trust me when I say I know what our neighbours sound like and I know the sounds those boards make since I'd been handling them for two weeks at this point. After this, maybe a week later, Zach had just left the house to go for work. I was sitting in the living room on my laptop maybe half an hour after he left. Head in my screen, I heard the lock on my front door jiggle. My dog immediately started barking at the door before I could even turn my head in that direction. My windows were open and I saw no one on our porch. I curiously got up and looked to see if he had come back for something, but he wasn't there. I opened the door, maybe a package delivery, my neighbour. I don't know. But nothing was there. My dog was going crazy, so I just shut the door and stood there and stared at the doorknob with my hands on my hips. So I tried to recreate the sound. The deadbolt first, but it didn't make the noise. Then I tried the lock on the knob. 
It made the exact noise, wriggling it, but not actually turning it. I still wasn't scared. I found it odd, but again accepted that something could have wiggled my lock. After telling Zack, he chalked it up to it could have been the wind outside, which quite literally didn't make any sense, but whatever. Our duplexes are fairly new. I think they were built in 2016 or so, and everything is new and nice. Concrete floors, open plan, butcher block countertops, pretty paint and all that jazz. Our closets and the doors to the washer and dryer are double, and they're the type that the knob doesn't turn, you just push hard and latch it and pull a bit to open them. One late afternoon, Zach and I were on our couch watching TV. Behind where we were sitting is our kitchen, dining room and the doors to the washer and dryer. A little bit further down is where our tiny hallway is with the two rooms and the bathroom. You know when people tell you they can feel someone looking at them or standing next to them? I thought I knew that feeling. I thought I did until that moment when I actually knew what that feeling was. I felt somebody walk down the hall and stop directly behind me. I felt it so much I could almost hear it. Quite honestly, I didn't give it my energy or attention because so many things had happened recently. I didn't want to be that person who chalked any odd thing up to ghosts, but it was undeniable. Right before I was going to say something, we could hear one of those doors pop open. I paused the TV and looked at Zach. Did you hear that? It was probably the dog, he told me, almost annoyed, so he heard it too. By this time, he knew about everything I'd been experiencing. The scaffolding falling, the tapping, the lock on the door. He was over it. So I got up and went looking for the dog and he was asleep in the kennel. Both the laundry and our bedroom closet doors were open and the sound came from one of them. I sat back on the couch, played the TV and we said nothing for about 10 minutes. I felt the tension in the air but I couldn't tell if it was coming from him being annoyed or from me. So without looking at him, I said, one of those doors just popped open. We both heard it. You know there wasn't a way that could have happened without one of us doing it. Right before that happened, I felt someone walk behind us, then the door opened. Say all you want, but you cannot deny that didn't happen. Zach's silence is what freaked me out the most. He didn't say anything. Not in a yes wife whatever you say to make you happy kind of way. But the silence as he was letting me know he could not deny it. And something was up. We didn't speak a word of it after that. The last week of October something happened that scared the living shit out of both of us. We went to bed. And by now I've gotten into the habit of shutting and locking our bedroom door at night. And I had a nightmare. Just to save some time, I'll shorten it to say that I was physically fighting my way from an entity of some sort. Absolutely terrifying shit, and I woke up gasping for air. Zach had woken up a few minutes before this, so he immediately rolled over and comforted me and told me to go back to sleep. I did. But I'm not sure how long later I woke up to Zach yelling in his sleep. So I woke him up to tell him he was having a nightmare. We went back to bed. I had another nightmare the same thing but yet different and Zach woke me up and told me I'd started to scream in my sleep. I had a short conversation with him and told myself to stay awake for a bit to shake things off. I was awake just staring at the ceiling when Zach once again started breathing really quickly and started to yell 
which I woke him up. We laid in silence, rubbing each other's arms for comfort, way too exhausted to talk, and we fell asleep. Again, I woke up to Zach shaking me and telling me to breathe. He said I was gasping for air and would stop breathing and gasp and stop. I laid there again, feeling sorry for myself because I was so exhausted, and saw Zach go on his phone, which was probably a smart move, so he could wake up and take his mind off this shit. About 20 minutes passed and I saw him get up and walk out of the room into the bathroom in the hallway. As soon as he left, I saw a woman with long, black, stringy, almost wet hair peek her head and torso into the hallway as if she had been sneaking behind Zach and checking out where he went. I fucking screamed. As soon as I did, she dipped back out of view as if she'd been caught. Zach came running back and I told him, or at least I tried to tell him in a panic that someone was in the house. I kept screaming to turn on the light, and he was trying to but our light wouldn't work, so I jumped off the bed and shakily grabbed my phone for light, and as soon as I did, Zach was shaking me and almost yelling at me to wake up. I dreamed it. I'm not sure when I'd fallen asleep, but I dreamed it. I had a dream within a dream. Haley. You need to sit up. We're not going back to bed tonight. We just need to stay awake. So we did. My throat was sore, as was his. Almost hoarse. The first thing I said was, What the fuck? More to myself than him. And he just looked at me and said, Yeah. I turned on the TV. And by this time, it's about 4.30am and we just sat there. He told me he had decided to stay awake before my last two nightmares. Still trying to register what the hell happened, we didn't speak much. What he told me literally made my skin crawl, because it was coming from him, a sceptic, who often made fun of me for believing things. He looked at me and said, It's like something was jumping from you to me all night. Safe to say I immediately told him to turn the lights on because I couldn't handle it at that moment. I told him about the nightmares I had vaguely, but explained the one that terrified me the most. How I thought I was actually awake when I saw the woman spying on him. He looked at me and said, I had a dream within a dream too, the last nightmare I had. That's why I stayed up, I haven't been to sleep since. We both ended up going to bed at 8am that morning, and since that night, nothing has happened. Last week I thought about it and told myself I really may have been overthinking everything that I was experiencing the past few months because everything just stopped and went back to normal. Two days ago Zach told me, I need to tell you something. I wasn't going to tell you because I didn't want to freak you out but I need to tell you. The other night I was awake in bed and I heard something knock on our wall twice and I know it was a knock and I know it wasn't the neighbour's. The wall he was talking about is the one that shares a wall with our second bedroom. He said the knock came from the room. One knock, and then two seconds later, a second. It spooked me a bit to have my husband admit this, but I guess things haven't stopped. And story number two comes from Jessica. I started having paranormal experiences around the age of nine. I woke up in the middle of the night feeling extremely cold and for some reason I felt like I had a hole in the middle of my forehead. 
I was trying to warm up under the blankets when I heard a woman's voice say, Jessica, wake up. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm so cold. To which the voice replied, please, Jessica, look at me. I don't have much time. I told her that I was sorry, that I was just so cold and tired. And soon after, the room began warming up. I knew instinctively that it had been my grandmother on my mother's side, even though she died when I was young and I did not remember her voice. After that, I had benign, often random experiences happen, such as hearing footsteps upstairs when I was alone, and knocking on my bedroom door that woke me up, which happened the same day that my grandfather passed away. Really just a bunch of small things. I was fascinated yet terrified of the paranormal experiences, and wanted to learn as much as I could. The real shift happened when my husband and I were in an old apartment building. I started to have more experiences and some were truly frightening. My most memorable ones are the time that my husband had just left the apartment and shoes went flying across the hallway that were on the shoe rack. Then the time that I had to grab a pillow for my infant son and there was a white misty blob that was just in the doorway to my bedroom. I pushed my arm out in a stop motion without even registering at first what I saw. That was the only spirit I'd ever seen. The last but most terrifying experience at that building before we bought our first even more haunted house was one night when I was in bed. I believe I was still pregnant with my first at the time and had the bed to myself as my husband works nights. I woke up to this feeling like there was a hand pushing up under my body in my king-size mattress. The mattress was very big and there really was just no possible way to be feeling it. I laid there, awake, just assuming that I was dreaming, but then it happened again. I felt my back being pushed up from inside the mattress. My cat Roger flew off the bed and I did as well. I didn't go back to bed that night. My husband and I bought our first house in 2008. It was this tiny, old, one-and-a-half bedroom house that was about 150 years old. The walls were crumbling inside, there was no insulation... My kids shared their room with our laundry room and there was absolutely no storage. But it was $300 a month for our mortgage so we decided it was well worth it. As I mentioned before, my husband worked night shifts and so it would just be our infant son and myself at night time. Shortly after moving in, I was upstairs and starting to fall asleep when there was this insanely loud bang that actually shook the house. The front door of our house was directly under my bedroom so I thought someone had broken in. I ran downstairs with a bat in hand and found the house completely locked up and normal. It shook me up quite a bit, but I didn't know what to think. After that, it started happening all the time, during the day or night, but always while I was upstairs. My husband didn't believe me, or didn't want to as paranormal things scare him, but one night all that changed. We had just gotten home from a date night and we were talking in bed when all of a sudden the loud bang shook the house again and my husband ran downstairs with the bat. This time he found nothing and couldn't justify how anything could make that sound or shake the house. It spooked him after that and he began to believe me that it was happening. Eventually it was waking my son up at night and during naps and I yelled out loud for it to stop banging the door. And after that, it never happened again. When my son got to talking age, he would wake up screaming from his naps. 
he would point to the corner of his room and cry about the scary man. Our second child also did this when he got older too. One day at my new job waitressing we were talking about ghost stuff as the restaurant was over 100 years old and was clearly haunted too. I was talking about all the stuff in my house that was happening and one of the waitresses started telling me how her sister's old house was like that too and before she moved out her sister's daughter was crying about a scary man in the room with her. Turned out she was the one who lived in our house before we moved in. Her sister and I got talking and she had all the same experiences as we did. I was thankful I actually had validation for what was happening. Before we moved out, we had more instances in the home. My husband could no longer deny that something was happening when one night a cup that had fallen behind our bedside table flew across the room. We had so many more experiences there, including my butt getting slapped, seeing things thrown around and my mom was pushed down the stairs but the worst experience could have been deadly. Our second son, Ryko, was born with brittle bone disease, or osteogenesis imperfecta. He breaks his bones all the time and can break them doing absolutely nothing at all. He didn't sleep well because of the pain. So one day, after I had dropped off my eldest son at daycare, I decided to nap on the couch while my baby slept in his baby swing. I'm unsure of how long we had been sleeping, but when I awoke, His baby swing had moved across the room. I don't know how or why, but I grabbed my baby and cried, just thinking about what could have happened if he had been tipped over in the swing. In 2013, we bought our second house. The very first day we moved into our home, I went to put some things into the cellar and the doorknob turned by itself under my hand. It was active right away. And part of me wonders if spirits followed us and not necessarily the house. My son Ryko would wake up when he was three, saying there was a little boy and girl asking him to play with them. It kept happening, and I had to get stern and say, leave Ryko alone, he needs to sleep. He stopped seeing them shortly after, but started seeing shadow people constantly at night. Ryko is unable to walk or stand, so he couldn't get away from the shadow people that would frequent around him. He would call me in and say there would be people walking all around me and I couldn't see them. I would try to comfort him as best I could, but really how much can I help when he can see them and I couldn't? I had our third son, Xander, not long after we moved in, and then shockingly enough my husband's vasectomy reversed itself and we got pregnant. With twins. Fuck. But also yay because they're awesome kids. When I was pregnant with the twins, we moved our older boys into the basement and put Xander in their old room. Xander never seemed to experience anything, until one evening after putting him to bed, I heard him screaming for me. He was two at the time, and when I walked into the room, he jumped back terrified and then screamed that something threw a book at him. I looked on the floor and there was a book lying there that hadn't been there when he went to sleep. I let him sleep with me for a few nights, and then he seemed to be ready to sleep in there again, so we tried again. But this time it was more aggressive. He woke up again, but this time early in the morning. I walked in, and he flew into my arms and told me a scary man grabbed his foot and pulled him down the bed. I was never able to get him to sleep alone in that room ever again, and I had to eventually put a mattress in our bedroom, and he slept there until we moved into our current house. Meanwhile, Ryko was learning to deal with shadow people, but one night he had a scariest experience. 
he awoke to see a shadow with a long pointy hat standing across the room from him. He said that it just stood there and then it darted right at him. As I said before, Raiko was physically disabled, so for him not to be able to get away from the shadow running at him absolutely scarred him. We have lived in our current house now for over a year. We bought my husband's childhood home that his parents built. Raiko still sees shadow people and he is 10 now. He sleeps with a lamp on, has his room saged every night at bedtime and has learned to use his voice. But they still appear to him. I wish I knew if there was more that I could do to help him. But I personally feel like maybe because he is limited with his physical capabilities, his senses might be stronger. I try demanding that they stop but it never lasts long. And story number three comes from Mandy. It was the year 2010 and I was a junior in high school so I was about 17 years old and lived in Kyle, Texas. My aunt had a two-story house down the street from us so we were constantly over there to hang out with my baby cousins who were one and three at the time. I remember one night at dinner my aunt explaining to us that her three-year-old son, Nicholas, His teacher had called her to tell her he had an imaginary friend. He would play hide-and-seek behind a bookshelf that was pushed up against the wall throughout the day, fight with his imaginary friend and tell it to leave him alone. My aunt was pretty shocked when his teacher called, because when he was at home he never showed any signs of playing with anyone else besides his baby brother. Weeks went by, and we brushed off the imaginary friend. Kids get them and forget them but strange things started to happen. My grandmother would go to my aunt's house and watch her one-year-old son. She told my aunt that it sounded like someone was running around upstairs while it was just her and the baby at home. She also said that while she would be doing her laundry or the dishes, she would feel a tug at her shirt, as if a child was trying to get her attention. My grandmother, being Hispanic, advised my aunt to hire a curandero, which in English is a healer or a witch doctor. My grandmother is a heavy believer in old Hispanic remedies, so when she suggested this, everyone brushed her off. But one night, out of nowhere, while getting ready for bed, Nicholas started crying and explained to my aunt that the little boy would not leave him alone in his closet. She brushed it off and told him there was nobody there, put him to bed and told him to go to sleep. Now, I was actually there the night that this happened. I'd been upstairs in the living room next to his room doing a project, and I remember hearing him cry. I begged my aunt to get him, and she stated, He knows you're in the living room and wants to come and play with you, that's why he's crying. But this cry was from someone that was scared out of his mind. It was so bad that I left, and I told my mom I was going to walk home. While I was going downstairs, I had the feeling that someone was watching me from behind and hurried out the door. Two days later, on a Sunday, my grandmother brought over the curandero, which, by the way, I was scared shitless of. I am not a ghost person and I am a grade A chicken shit. Everyone in my family will have dreams of past ones or see them randomly, but nope, not me. My mother always told me I'm too scared so past ones won't visit me. He walked in with a bag and two huge iron-like bowls. He asked if we could remove the little ones from the house while he did his cleansing. My dad took the kiddos to our house down the street. The only ones that were in the house were me, my mother, my grandmother and my aunt. 
We sat downstairs at the dinner table as he lit what looked like sage into one of the bowls downstairs and placed the other one directly above it upstairs. While he was doing this, he was praying and throwing holy water in every corner of the house. Once that was finished, he came back to his bag and grabbed a bell. Now this bell was small, but it was loud. He opened every cabinet, closet and drawer. He walked everywhere downstairs and made his way upstairs. While he was up there, it was finally quiet enough to ask my grandmother why he was using the bell. She told me that the spirits do not like the loud sound of the bell and will come out of hiding. And when they do, he tells them that they are not welcome in the house and they need to move on. Not even 30 seconds after she finished explaining the bell to us, we heard a young child scream from upstairs. My aunt and my mother both got up from the table as if they were going to help the child, but suddenly remembered that there were no children in the house. I felt as though I was going to vomit and pass out right there. The curandero came back downstairs and explained to us that there had been a spirit of a little boy in Nicholas's closet. He was lost and did not know where he was supposed to go and grew attached to my aunt's family. I couldn't say a word. The curandero packed his things and gave my aunt a cross to place above her door and told her that she needed to bless her house once a month on a Friday or a Sunday and we all left. I'm pretty sure I slept at my mother that night because of how terrified I was. Though it was my first encounter, I'm glad it was one like this and nothing extremely terrifying. We did a little research and found out that in the 1700s there had been a flood where my aunt's house was built and multiple families had drowned. We believe that's what happened to the little boy and that he had not been able to find his family. Thank you so much to Haley, Jessica and Mandy for sending in your stories and thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com and you can also check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. 